When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Friday, February 9th, 2024. This is the last edition of football today prior to the kick of Super Bowl 58. You know that dude from the Talking Giants world, Bobby Skinner. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. So where are you watching this big old game on Sunday? It's, I just, I'm, I'm a small group people. So it's, you know, I'll usually go to my parents who don't watch football. So it's kind of nice. They don't really partake in it, but it's me. Mm. My brother and our and our and our loved ones, his wife, my fiance, we watch it, we talk, we're we're you know we're we're just tuned into the game. I'm I'm excited. How about you? Well, I'll be on for NFL Network. Uh, it's the best two hours, in my opinion, on the network all year. Is the post game show live from the field? So I'll be down there with Maurice Jones, Drew, and Michael Robinson. So we watch the game together in our little green room, um, somewhere I don't know where it you know moves from stadium to stadium. So I'll be interested to see where we are at Allegiant. Cannot wait. I think it's going to be a blast. I think it's going to be a great, great game. And either way, these are two teams that have some pretty good talkers. So I'll be excited either way to talk to the winners. This really Super cool Bowl, event. this is the Super Bowl we've, we've essentially been waiting for since, yeah. I mean, since the season started. Um, and by the way, my favorite time to watch network, you know, sports shows is after championships. I think like, on the field, confetti, talking to him. Yep. I think it's it's the like my friends will get annoyed because I'm like, no, I I want to watch the post game show. Like, do do not turn this off, um, or I need to get home to watch the post game show if we watched it somewhere else. Uh, so very very excited for that. Um, what does NFL Network run during the game? It's a good question. It's probably a game of uh, some other game. Like, I don't know, last year's Super Bowl. Be- Mm, I, I I don't know if it'll be a Super Bowl or not. It's a good question. I, I haven't checked our counter programming, but you know, just flip on. All I can tell you is this: when the game's over, right after the trophy presentation is when we come on. So they kiss the Lombardi. They say a few things on stage. Flip on over to us. We'll have everybody from either team. So Thanks, it'll be great. It. I'm really looking forward to it. Let's break it down, my friend. More important for the Niners this coming Sunday that Brock Purdy does not throw an interception or that the defense does get at least one from Patrick Mahomes. I, I think it's I think I know why you asked this question because I went and looked at it. Purdy is three and four when throwing an interception, eleven and zero when not. Mahomes this year, five and six with an interception, eight and zero when he when he hasn't. I actually think it's more important for Mahomes to not throw one. He hasn't thrown one since December 25th. The Chiefs, and I know the next question has this, are, have not been able to score in the second half, right? They're 28th in the NFL this year in second half points per game. In the playoffs, they haven't, they've only been 0.4 points better, you know, 7.6 to 8, where I think the 49ers just have way more foul, firepower, where the Chiefs have lived off of, of efficiency. Right, because of the way teams play them, because of their personnel, they've had to live off of efficiency and less the big plays. So I think the 49ers have the power to come back from that, and the Chiefs don't have as much. Uh, so you mentioned Brock Purdy this year, 11 and 0 when he doesn't throw a pick. I'll take you a step further on that. 
in games since he started starting in December of 2022, in which he does not throw an interception and throws at least five passes, the Niners are undefeated. You have to throw that caveat in there because I think last year in the NFC Championship game, he did not throw an interception, but he did not attempt at least five passes before he got banged up and they ended up losing the game. So that's a recipe for success for them. The other thing is Kansas City can win games when Mahomes gets intercepted. In fact, they have a negative 11 turnover differential this year. Negative 11. As great as their defense has been, they don't pick off the other team's passer for the most part. And Mahomes, I think he had his worst year in terms of interceptions. If Kansas City wins the Lombardi yet again, this will be the worst turnover differential for any champion in the history of the sport. Somehow they can get around it. And I don't think the Niners can. Here's my thing is they we weren't viewing the Chiefs very highly when all those interceptions were happening, right? True. People we're saying this isn't a Super Bowl contender. Some of those turnovers are happened like directly from their receivers as well, too. Um, and again, like Purdy three and four with the throwing the interceptions, Mahomes five and six, right? So both one game under five hundred when when throwing one. So I just I mean, the 49 Purdy threw an interception last week and they had that great comeback. How about we don't need to get the huge comeback and run the ball a little bit better and, and be able to just score 30 points without having to do it all in the second half? To me, I just the Chiefs, one, you can't rely on the receivers to make a bunch of plays. They just, they have, even last year when they had better receivers, they live off of efficiency because of the way teams play them and Mahomes' greatness. They live off of efficiency. And I think we're the 49ers. I mean, they have, like, if the 49ers have three plays of 40-plus yards, no one's surprised. All right, let's move on to this one. And I, this might be one of my favorite questions in the entire season. Kansas City's defense has given up just 10 second-half points in the postseason. True or false, Kansas City has become more of a defensive than offensive team. False, because I don't think there's any other quarterback in the NFL that could have gotten this team here. Right. Like, yeah, they in the second half, they haven't been good, but, you know, they were six and, you know, first half points in the NFL uh, during the regular season, uh, 15.3 in the playoffs. Um, and I just I just don't think there's any other QB who makes this work with the lack of wide receivers. Right. The bad tackle play and not, you know, taking sacks. You know, his best player, Travis Kelsey, is aging, but because they are able to freestyle and do so many different things. Like, that's a lot of on Mahomes as well. Their defense is obviously a huge factor, but I just, because I don't think any other QB gets this team here, I, I'm i going to say they're still Mahomes' offense-led team. No, I can't believe I'm going to say this, because Mahomes is one of my favorite players to watch, possibly ever. I'm just a huge fan of his. Um, I think it's true. I really do. This is the youngest defense to make it to a Super Bowl since the 9 Colts. And they have done such a good job building it through the draft over the last couple of years. Um, but look at the guys who are 25 or younger on this team. Bolton, Gay, McDuffie, Karloftis, Connor, Chanel. All those, those are big-time pieces. So at least for the foreseeable future, none of those guys are going anywhere. Legereus Sneed, who's 27, is a free agent to be. I think at the very least he gets tagged. I don't know what's going to happen to Chris Jones. He is the senior member of that defense at 29. Um, but, man, 
they are just, they're deep, they're athletic. I just didn't think that there was a way this team could not score in the second half of the AFC Championship game against Baltimore and make it to this spot. I mean, if I had said that that would have happened, did you think there was any way they were going to make it? Yeah, because I, I still don't trust Lamar fully in the playoffs. <laughs> um, but they've but they've kind of done that all year, right? So like, as much as like they've been so bad in the second half, they've built up leads and allowed mm-hmm. that defense to kind of get after teams. And hey, I, like again, my argument for them, even through the regular seasons, like you have Mahomes, Kelsey, and the number two defense. So yeah, I I, actually, I do think it's a real conversation. But my point is just going to be that. I don't think Josh Allen. I don't think Lamar Jackson. Right. I don't think I don't think any other quarterback gets this team to this point. And I think there's even other great quarterbacks who might have not even made the playoffs. But that defense is sick. It starts with Chris Jones, though. And if the Chiefs are going to win, I really think it's going to be because of Chris Jones on third down. They're going to line him up on the right tackle for the 49ers. Uh, McKivitz, who struggled this year. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be able to win that battle consistently. Uh, I the so to give the defense credit, like Mahomes and Kelsey have always gotten the headlines with the Chiefs. Chris Jones has made, you know, stirred that drink just as much as anybody. He's been, I mean, he's he's the second best defensive tackle in the NFL after Aaron Donald, in my opinion. Yeah, but do you know how many sacks he's got in the Super Bowl? I don't know. No. None. Zero, you're going to say? None. Yeah, None. pass rush is a is a, is, a, a is not a sack in the game. I agree. We'll get to that in just a second, but I... It's just interesting that he hasn't had a sack yet. It took him forever to get his first playoff sack. Like he went He's double due. digit. Well, he went double digit games and then finally got one or two or whatever it was. So, all right. Andy Reid has a pair of come from behind wins in the fourth quarter of Super Bowls. In the meantime, Kyle Shanahan's offense, first as an OC in Super Bowl 51 with the Falcons and then Super Bowl 54 as a head coach with the Niners, has blown double digit second half leads in games. How big a deal are both of those statements? I think it's overblown on the Shanahan front. Because even though, because offense, you can point to this one play as, oh my God, why didn't he run here? And Matt Ryan took the sack. To me, that Falcons collapse falls way more on Dan Quinn's defense than Kyle Shanahan's offense. Like, I mean, the Patriots were able to just march down the, you just knew, once they got into eight points, you knew the game was over. Um, and then the the Super Bowl with the 49ers, the throws were there. Jimmy G just didn't make them. Whether it was the deep ball down the throw field, or you know, on that post, or you know, the the crosser that was right in front of him on a third down, the throws have been there. His quarterback didn't hit him, and those are throws. I maybe not the first throw, but the second throw is a throw Purdy's making. Here's the problem: his teams haven't scored in the fourth quarter at all. Super Bowl Fifty Four, Super Bowl Fifty One. I believe in that NFC Championship game against the Rams, they were shut out in the last quarter. So something happens here, and I get it. We, we can look at the quarterback play, but as great as Brock Purdy has been, he's not Patrick Mahomes. So may, uh, maybe he makes the plays, maybe he doesn't. What do you, I mean? What he's do you made think? The plays the last two games to get them here. Yes, he has fourth quarter comebacks. Different, but wouldn't you agree? different scenario when we get on this stage no my, but my point is that i just think the shanahan stuff has been a little overblown i mean facts are facts you've either scored in the fourth quarter of a super bowl or you haven't and he hasn't 
Yeah, I just I just put that I, again. The throws were there for Jimmy G, right? Shanahan's offense put the throws there, and then, uh, you know, and, and I mean, you remember how they got there, right? It's basically game planning around Jimmy G because mm-hmm. you know we had they ran the ball. You know, I think yes. we looked it up like they threw the ball less than twenty five times getting to the Super Bowl, and then um, the, the now he deserves blame in that Falcons club. I'm not, yes, I'm not he saying does. he doesn't deserve blame in that. But what I'm saying is I think the blame pie goes way more to Dan Quinn's defense mm-hmm. than it does. I mean, you like it's one thing to not stop him for like just have us stop one of the two point conversions. Um so I I just think the blame pie goes more to Dan Quinn on that than Kyle Shanahan. But because yeah. it's offense and we can remember Matt Ryan taking that sack, we're gonna point we point to Shanahan. You will agree though, regardless, Kyle Shanahan will be a huge talking point come Monday. Win or lose. Absolutely. But if you're Kyle Shanahan, like your job's safe. If you oh, yeah. like, being the talking point after a loss doesn't make it sting any worse, you know, any worse or or less. Like, you know, that's that's what happens. If you get to the most important game and lose, you're gonna have negative talking points about you for a week, and then it's gonna come back to like, man, that team, like he's he's still a great coach. Well, there's only one guy who has a higher playoff winning percentage than Kyle Shanahan with, you know, a certain number of games coached. I think it's maybe 10 games coached, and that's Vince Lombardi. That's it. That's kind of shocking that Bill is not higher than him because they got you all those conference championships. I guess they had so many losses after going for 20 straight years. Right. But also, can we not – I mean, Andy Reid was a long time – I still think he actually struggles with this. He's known for, like, end-of-game time man. I, I still don't think he's actually even good at it. He's well, just he's already the rumor is he's already burnt a third quarter timeout. So yeah, like he's been really bad at that. Like I think time management gets a little talked about, be, over talked about because it's one of the few things like that we can all grasp, and I think we can actually do a better job than these coaches because in their in real time, you know, I actually think like Madden helps totally, but no but Andy Reid is like actually bad at it. Yeah, and they've all tried to hire people, and they still don't get it right i mean i think it's brutal the time management i to me the thing that always chaps my ass seriously like early third quarter it's second and eight and the clock's running down like you'd rather burn a time out there with 11 minutes to go in the third quarter than take a five yard delay a game penalty there's been books written about this by the way and they are on your side with that right like the the chance of you needing that timeout at the end of the game is a lot higher than the chance of right. you converting on that third and six that you called the timeout for. Uh, anyway, so there, there's been books written about that where it's like save, save the timeouts. Like it's just it's going to help you a lot more than you know saving the five yard penalty or getting the right play call you want to get brought in. Listen up, football fans! This is the last weekend of the year to get your football bets in. We've teamed up with DraftKings and. Now is the perfect time to take your shot at the crown. You want the crown? Let's get the crown. Let's get down with the crown. Right now, all new customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they place their first $5 bet on anything. So download the DraftKings app now, not yesterday, not tomorrow, now, and use promo code FOOTBALL today. That's all one word. Wondering what you can use your $200 in bonus bets on? Combine multiple bets together from Super Bowl 58. We can say that around here for a shot and an even bigger payout. If you're already signed up for DraftKings, like me, like yo, you 
can make a bet on Super Bowl 58, which, by the way, is my number. That's my football number, number 58, and get a bonus bet back. So it's kind of Super Bowl Bobby Skinner. Get a bonus bet in the amount of your initial wager. Max reward varies. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 on any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today, only in DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. All right, let's move on. It was uh, NFL honors last night. Uh, well done. I think it's cool to see everybody together. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, what's the biggest takeaway from any of the awards? Somebody gets shortchanged, Hall of Fame class. We can go wherever you want with this one. So I think this is the thing we're the most passionate about. When we talked about Hall of Fame a couple months ago, Antonio Gates was a shoo-in. We didn't, I don't even think we talked about him because we thought he was such a lot. We just, yeah, we went like, okay, Julius Peppers, Antonio Gates. Now, now let's have conversations about right. the rest. And as much as I love Devin Hester, I'm a Miami guy. I love Devin Hester. His highlights are the most fun to watch. That's insane to me to have Devin Hester in there over Antonio Gates. And I, I love that the Hall of Fame is actually uh, tougher to get into than most Hall of Fames, right? And but that's crazy to me that a returner is in before Antonio Gates. Like I, I, if and if Devin Hester belongs in to me, I think it belongs in on the last the last ballot that he's available. I was shocked. I was shocked when they when I saw the seven people, you know, coming out of the ground. I was like, I don't think Antonio Gates is on there. And I was like, what? I would love to hear this. Like Stephen A. Smith got all fired up today. Because somebody gave Josh Allen a first place vote for MVP, costing Lamar a second unanimous MVP. To me, I would want to know who left Antonio Gates off the ballot. That's what I'm curious about and why. Why We're talking about third all-time in receptions among tight ends, third in yards, uh, far and away first in touchdowns among tight ends. He was a five or six time all pro. I just don't I don't get it. Yeah, it's 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 wild, right? Even if like Andre another Miami guy I love Andre Johnson, who I think could, probably should get in eventually, like having him over Antonio it's not having Antonio Gates first ballot is like he's gotta be he's gotta be shocked this morning, right? Like well, I guess they find out because they come and go to the house, but when he didn't get that, like that's that's shocking. Well, that so that was I, that was shocking to me that he didn't get, that Antonio Gates wasn't in. I'm privy a little bit to the voting. They obviously they don't do it the way they used to. They used to just get into a room on Saturday, the day before the Super Bowl, and do it all day, like from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then they'd announce it. I actually hosted the show one year where they did the Hall of Fame announcement, and it was crazy that that's how they did it. They brought all the all. 15 of the finalists to wherever the Super Bowl site was, and they'd put them on two different floors and they'd put them in separate rooms. And then some of these people would fly in for a few days at the Super Bowl and then they'd go home so disappointed. I like how they do it now, but That's part so of the way that they do this voting is they'll use the term clear the decks. We have to clear the decks because, oh no, there's two or three Hall of Fame ish receivers that are coming up on the ballot in the next two ballots well we got to get somebody off of that wide receiver list and put them in the hall of fame I'm like wait a second that's the dumbest thing ever 
You're either Hall of Fame worthy or not. It's not based on the position. And I know it's tough when we're talking about five spots for modern era finalists, right? Randy Gratishar and Steve McMichael, those were senior votes. Those are their own category. So you just had the other. You had Peppers, Willis, Freeney, Hester, and Andre Johnson. Those are the five modern eras. So if you're going to put Antonio Gates in, you got to pull one of those five people off. And I think you and I are seeing it the same way with Devin Hester. I think it's easy to take Hester off. Um, and the other guys, you know, I would put him in over Andre Johnson, but I can see the arguments for, you know, the other, like, I think Patrick Willis absolutely belongs in. Um, uh, Julius Peppers absolutely brings in, belongs in. I think Freeney does too. But I also think there's a lot of guys who belong in there too, like Jared Allen and, and the such. But to me, the, the, my thing is like and Antonio Gates being number one and, and tight end, like tight end receiving, tight end stats and not being a first ballot is kind of crazy. Uh, anything else? Did you have a problem with Lamar not being unanimous? Did you have a problem with Miles Garrett winning it over TJ Watt, who obviously had a problem with it? Did you have a problem with Joe Flacco winning comeback player of the year over DeMar Hamlin or no, Kevin I, Stefanski winning the coaching award? Anything here? The, no, I didn't have a problem with any of it. I, I just really want to know how much money was bet on DeMar Hamlin to win comeback player of the year before the year. I remember people just being like, hey, just bet, you know, 100 bucks on this. It's free. Not a lot of money, but it's mm-hmm. free money. And uh, I, I, I kind of kind of crazy, but. I actually don't know who I would vote. Comeback player of the year, the award kind of stinks anyways, right? Yes, but I do think like in a year where DeMar Hamlin, let's say we had been two or three years removed from DeMar's return, it would have been a perfect award for Joe Flacco to have won. I mean, literally, he came back to save somebody's season off of a couch. Like I did think that it was – kind of cool yes usually it's because but i think you... the browns were already in the playoffs when he joined them right like obviously he was an upgrade but he like he also threw a ton of interceptions and in, in the good moments in there too yeah, like, but they went they went four and one with him as a starter or something like he do you he think did... joe flacco is going to get a starter deal this offseason no but i think it'll be fascinating to see what where he does end up it'll be very interesting as far as the hamlin thing real quickly i think they could have avoided I'm not going to call it embarrassing today, but everybody questioning it because everybody's like, wait a second. We saw a guy who almost lost his life on a field. Like, how does that not qualify? What they should have done was just rename it the DeMar Hamlin Comeback Player of the Year Award. They should have had a piece uh, last night just talking about his return to the field, and then he could have handed out the award to the first recipient of it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think the award stinks. I would have voted Baker Mayfield, honestly, out of all of those. Fair. But I feel like you should do a most improved player, not like, you know, you know, a guy who got injured and was good coming back or the gene. Like the the problem is it's it's a lot it's a lot harder to name the most improved in the NFL compared to like the NBA or, or baseball or something where the stats are just a lot more linear with with you know across the board. Um, but I think that's the award I care about the least because to me it means nothing. No, no, no. Well, right. I mean, let's be honest. Like, so I would I, maybe I would have just gave it to Hamlin just because it's the only like it'd be a cool story. But I, I generally don't care about that award at all. I, I I'm with you on this. I think Defensive Player of the Year award did get a lot of buzz on social media 
A, in part because T.J. Watt obviously said something about it. And Steelers or, fans are nuts in the Miles Garrett-T.J. Watt debate. I know, but all they do is just put up the stats, which is fine, and I understand it, and I'm willing to even listen. Miles, the last five or six games, really put up very, very few counting stats. Um, I would answer it this way. There's not one person, for the most part, well, there's one person who felt like Josh Allen should have been the MVP. Lamar Jackson's numbers are pedestrian. He was 15th in yards. He was 11th in touchdowns. Really nothing quite stood out except for wins. And when you watch him play, you're like, wow, that looks like the MVP. But nobody else had such gaudy numbers. Now, you could say, well, T.J. Watt had five sat more sacks or whatever, and he's, he had more uh, more pressures. Or I get it. But either watch the games, and you I suppose you can go talk to the offensive coordinators about who they game plan more viciously for double teams, et cetera. They're both great players, but it doesn't just, just come down to counting stats. Yeah. No, I, I do see their argument because I, I think the MVP is a little bit, or not MVP, or, you know, those awards are like, they're not about future production. It's more about, like, I do think it does come down to counting stats a little bit. Actually, not a little bit, a, a good amount, but it's not like Miles Garrett, like had these bad count. I mean, I'm looking it up right now. I mean, Miles Garrett's stats were 14 sacks. Um, how many tackles for a loss did he have? 17 tackles for a loss, 30 QB hits. Yeah. So, um, and TJ Watts won it a, a few times too, as well. So it's not well, like he's, he's won. I think he's, ro- he's won it one time, I believe. Right. Oh, really? I thought he won it twice for some reason. Uh, I think he's I think he's a one timer. I think last year was his first time or two years ago, whatever it was. But I understand it. Like I get it. I I get it why you if they had picked him, I wouldn't have been like, what? They went with TJ Watt? But I'd feel the same way about Miles Garrett. Like, okay, yeah. I mean, they're both wonderful players. And I know it's the whole Pittsburgh Cleveland thing, but geez, man, if if that's where you're gonna spend your energy today, good luck. Yeah, the argument comes down to that Garrett plays more like more like he does like TJ Watt does things that 99% of players would get yelled at for doing, whether it's like, you know, losing his gap or, you know, making a play, which if you do that stuff, you have to be great at TJ Watt is. So I do understand, like, I think if TJ Watt won, I don't think there'd be any argument from anybody. No. Would there be? No, I don't but, think so. Yeah. Whatever. So I I do see the argument. It's like, well, what does this guy have to do? Uh, you know, because his stats are significantly like five sacks and a couple more tackles for loss. That's that's a pretty wide margin. But I I think Miles Garrett was better this year. All right, um, Taylor Swift expected to arrive in Vegas at some point this weekend. Uh, of course, she's playing her Eras Tour in Japan. Then she'll cross the international date line. She'll presumably get into Vegas late Saturday night. Will the trip be worth it, or will it be a sad flight back to the rest of her international tour? Basically, I'm looking for a prediction from you. Well, she might have to, you know, if she goes to dinner, you know, a couple miles away, she might fly there too. Have you seen the the Taylor Swift flight tracker? It's very funny to me. And the memes coming out of it, it's like, uh, are, are very fun. I'm going 49ers 31, Chiefs 23. This was my Super Bowl pick before the year. Mm. I changed to the Browns mid year. 
This is my Super Bowl pick. 49ers 31, Chiefs 23. The firepower of the 49ers offense is just greater than what the Chiefs are able to accomplish. Brock Purdy debates go wild on Monday morning TV shows. Um, I have been... I picked the Chiefs to win in Buffalo. I didn't think that they were going to win in Baltimore. And now I think they're just... They're rolling. I really, I think they're going to win. I think they win 27-24. I think that they have one more field goal out of their kicker. I think that could be a real problem for San Francisco this weekend. I hate to even bring it up, but sorry. Yeah, that's that. Don't, don't put, don't. Kicker mishaps in the the Super Bowl have to be the most painful thing in the world. Even though my team benefited from one. Shout out Scott Norwood. Um, But. Hey, Chiefs won a Super Hey, kind of not won. They probably still could have won and maybe even would have won uh, against the Bills. But that, that has helped them before. But mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, in in inside, I'm, I'm going 49ers. I, think, I just think there's way too much firepower for them cats. Okay. All right. Uh, do you want to do a little Super Bowl quiz I've kind of prepared? I would love to. All right. Let's do this. These are some odd facts and figures as I was – Perusing through my NFL Network research packet, which our awesome crew does. Uh, the team that scores first in the first 57 Super Bowls, what is their record? 57. I'll say... How many times have they won? I'll say 31 and 26. 37 and 20. Oh, wow. Okay. Kansas City is the home team this weekend. The unofficial home team, whatever the hell that means. What is the home team's record in the Super Bowl? How many wins? When did they stop doing it to the team with the highest, the best record? I mean, this is this has been for fifty. I don't know. I can't I tell don't know. you. I'll go twenty-eight and math, 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 and twenty-nine. <laughs> Twenty-three and thirty-four. They have lost thirteen of the last seventeen. Wow. Interesting. How many of the MVPs, there have been 58 because one year there were shared MVP honors. How many of the 58 MVPs have been quarterbacks? 47. Oh, you overshot the runway on that. 32. Damn, it's those early ones and the running backs, you know, got probably a lot of them. But I... Uh, well, let's see here. The first three, four. Oh, there was a. The first four were quarterbacks, and then the fifth one was a guy on a losing team. Do you know who that was, by the way? No. Was it in the Joe Namath Super Bowl? No, he no. won the MVP. No, it was in the Colts Cowboys Super Bowl Five. Chuck Howley was the MVP for a losing team. He's the only one. I can't believe I forgot that. I actually think LeBron should have won the finals MVP in 2016, debate a wall. Um, who is one because it goes to the quarterbacks a lot of times, mm-hmm. who is your like this guy should have won the MVP, but they just gave it to the quarterback? Uh th- I think it's an easy one for me. Super Deion Bowl Lewis? 41. It went to Peyton Manning. And it should have gone to Joseph Adai, I believe, is the guy who had a, a pretty s- decent game against the Bears. Peyton, it was like a lifetime achievement award. He wasn't great. 
Uh, he did have that blown coverage touchdown pass to Reggie Wayne, but I think that was it. Hmm. So what did Joseph Adai do that day? I'm, I'm, I want to look it up right now. I was a big Joseph Adai fan, by the way, too. I love that draft pick for uh, for the Colts. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, let's see. He, nah, he, well, he had a good receiving day, so he had 140 total yards. Yeah, had ten catches for sixty-six yards, but no touchdowns. Hard, hard to get into it with that without any touchdowns. But what did uh, what did Peyton do? Um, I mean, his stats weren't great in that game. Yeah. Okay. That was more of like the Bears' offense not showing up. I was a huge as a Rex Grossman fan, by the way. Jesus, let me down. Uh, why do you do you have an answer to your own question? No. So I would have voted Tyree in 42 over Eli in the moment. I remember actually going to NFL.com, shout out, and voting wow. Tyree. Because he had – I mean, he had the touchdown earlier in the game. Yes, he, he had did. that big play. I go back and forth with Deion Lewis and Tom Brady in the mm-hmm. Falcons Super Bowl just because, like, man, he put up some freaking numbers and the touchdowns to go with it. Um, yeah, he had, he had three touchdowns, including the winner in overtime, right? Yeah, and like, you know, everything basically ran through him in that. He had the two-point conversion, too, the direct. By the way, that wasn't the first time that Bill Belichick did the direct. You know what? Direct Bill Belichick loves fourth two-point conversion, direct snaps to the running back. He did that in, in a couple of Super Bowls. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I, need to, I need to go through this to think. So Cooper Cup won. Brady I, I can, won. Hold on, hold on. This is my thing. You need to ask me a Super Bowl MVP question? Give me a call. This is my this is my jam. Are you kidding me? Hmm. Throw it out there and I'll answer it for you. I actually think they've done a pretty good job giving yeah. it to the skill players when they deserve it. Yeah. There's, the there's been a lot more than I realized. Cup, Edelman, Vaughn Miller. Heinz One of my Ward. favorite things is two of the best defenses in the Super Bowl, like that have carried their team. Not carried, the Bucks one. Is that the unknown guy wins it? Dexter Jackson with the Bucks. Think yes. about all, and Dexter Jackson was a really good player. I interviewed him a couple of years ago. Like, that team is full of Hall of Famers on that defense. And Dexter Jackson wins it. And then Malcolm Smith with the Seahawks yep. is, is a very funny one. And the best Super Bowl MVP interview where the guy grabs the microphone and tells us to investigate 9-11. And then, uh, but, you know, he had the best defense ever, uh, possibly for a single season in the 46 Chicago Bears in Super Bowl 20. Richard Dent was your MVP, and there's a Hall of Famer for you. There you, there go. you go. Yeah. Ten players uh, from defense have won Super Bowl MVP honors in Super Bowl uh, 12. You had Randy White and Harvey Martin, rest in peace, that uh, shared the honor for the Dallas Cowboys. Only time we've had co-MVPs of a Super Bowl. Do you remember the last just co-MVP in the NFL? This should be an easy Yes, one. I do. Brett Favre and Barry Sanders in 97, I believe. Man, it's so sad to see you be wrong. It's Peyton Manning and Steve McNair. No! You oh, my that? God. They sh- Yeah, I do now. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked you got that one wrong. Well, it wasn't that much after those guys. It was probably 02 or something. I think it was 03, I believe. Mm. Dang it. Good job. Good job, you. Bad job, me. Darn it. All right, uh, that's enough for trivia time, although uh, I could do this stuff all day with you. Yeah, we need to – 
you know what? We're never on the trivia shows on the channel. I know. They just need to let us just do trivia. I know. They they, they get come on all these jokers. You think they know? And trivia. and we we just do like you know it's uh, we do pop trivia, right? Yes, we're, right off we're the not, top. Of your we're head. not like oh let's put together this game. We're just like hey, I know this. Let's see if you know it too. Type of trivia. Yeah, that's that is fun. I'm I'm all in favor of it. I'm all in favor of it. Uh, all right. I think that'll do it. Enjoy your watching experience with your family. And I will. Uh, I'll give you a little wave this weekend. Make sure you watch our post game show, okay? Please. I will. I will. But I. I so I'll be wait. I, I'll be waiting for. What? Well, let's go. Let's quick. Quick reference. And, you know, we'll, just say football today somehow. You don't even have to say the show. Just be like, man, that was a lot of great football today. Nice. I'll try and squeeze that one in. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. All right, for producer Mikey and. Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose. Enjoy Super Bowl 58. We'll see you next week here on Football Today.